Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin. Wassalatu wassalamu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters and welcome to our very special episode, the start of a new program, Misconceptions Around the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman and I'm very pleased to be joined by my dear brother Sheikh Arshad Khan. Assalamu alaikum Sheikh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you today? Alhamdulillah, I am good. Alhamdulillah. It's good to have you back in the studio, live in the Bayan Radio Studios. Yes, subhanAllah, after a very long time, I usually do the recordings behind the, the, the scenes. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. It's good to have you live and uh, addressing this beautiful topic and very important topic uh, due to the importance of who it's discussed. Yeah. Now, uh, Sheikh, why did we choose or why did you specifically choose this topic of misconceptions uh, around the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, especially from Western writers or the Orientalist specifically? Look, uh, the importance of Sira, as we all know, how important is the concept of role model in our religion and also in, uh, in, in current times. So our youth, subhanAllah, you find them role modeling or looking for role models in the wrong places. Um, the proper role model, obviously, is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. However, there are some misconceptions that have been um, uh, that have been thrown at our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his seerah by the Orientalist. So it's very important um, for for us to discuss such topics so our youth don't get trapped into these misconceptions which are presented by non-Muslim academics. You see them on uh, social media, um, TikTok, um, the likes. Now, Sheikh, just before we get into the topic and discuss it, uh, the seerah of the Prophet his life, you know, why is it so important for the Muslim to know? It is part of our iman, because uh, uh, part of Iman, as you know, is loving the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And of course, role modeling the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in our aqidah, in aspects, aspects of fiqh, and of course, any um, situations that arise in our daily, uh, day-to-day affairs. Um, and as we mentioned before, that it is part of Iman Loving Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Of course, it's the second part of the shahada. Yes. Now, uh, the Shaykh, uh, uh, you remind me of the hadith that when the Prophet sallam, you know, spoke to Umar radiallahu an, and you know, he said, I love you more than everybody except myself. And the Prophet sallam, you know, in more words or less told him, you will not basically have true iman until you love me more than even your own self. And Umar said that I love you more than my own self. And the Prophet ﷺ told him, now, O oh Umar, now, now you have, you know, the, the, the necessary level that you're meant to have. And this is a reminder for all believers that we have to love the Prophet ﷺ more than our own souls, more than our own families, more than our own children, more than all mankind. Yeah. And that's the unique thing about the Prophet ﷺ. The more we learn about the biography of Rasul ﷺ, the more we fall in love with him as opposed to anyone else's yeah. biography. The more you'll know about me, the more you'll probably start to hate me. No, no. Um, <laughs> and, the opposite. Uh, <laughs> the more you know about uh, the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ, I find that the deeper you go into the seerah, the more in love you become with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. really, the yeah. more you know him, the more you love him. Yeah, yeah. And, this, and we can really speak about this all night, but we have other yeah. things we got to get into. Let's get straight into it. Misconceptions around the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, especially from the Orientalists, which brings the question, who are the Orientalists, if I'm pronouncing it right? Who are they? Orientalist, well, Muslim academics. I remember when I was studying in, uh, in Medina and we were studying... Uh, Orientalism, that was the subject, uh, istishraq and tansir, Christianization and Orientalism. Um, and there was a book, I forgot the name of the author. Huh? In that book, um, the author, the Muslim academic, he brings so, he brought so many different definitions of um, the origins of, of uh, istishraq, Orientalism. And 
there's a wide range of views regarding the origins of it amongst Muslim academics. Now, uh, to that stand out, the origin of Orientalism, it has colonial origins and it emerged as a tool of the Europeans in dominating other countries. So in European domination, imperialism, colonialism, Orientalism emerged as a tool for this type of uh, European uh, imperialism. That's what the first definition, or not the definition, but the origin, where it originated from. Uh, however, there's other opinions that build up, up uh, build from that, and that it had pre-colonial origins. Orientalism has pre-colonial origins, and this is when non-Muslims, uh, uh, Europeans, um, they began traveling to a western western writers and academics when they and missionaries traveled to islamic lands muslim lands and um they started to interact with the muslims this is where orientalism actually began and others in that book tansir istishraq wa tansir mentioned that orientalism actually began in the time of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam but that's um yeah probably a bit far fetched however the opinion that I lean towards, um, you know, after my studies of that unit, uh, is that it began uh, in the pre-colonial um, or, uh, time frame. Excellent. Now, the Sheikh, yeah. uh, we fa- we forgot to mention that Sheikh Arshad is a graduate of the Islamic University in Medina, and that's where he studied. You spent <coughs> six years there, Sheikh. Eight years. Um, so I did the two-year Arabic uh, course, then I went into the faculty of Hadith. I then changed to uh, the faculty of Dawah. And also Ludin Aqida, um, after a year of spending in the in the faculty of this, so altogether about eight years. Excellent. You yeah. miss it? Yes, you do miss uh, the, the the friendship that you uh, develop uh, in in uh, in in the time that I've spent there, um, and of course sitting down with the with the scholars, and then the, the Masjid. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Now, Sheikh. Uh, in regards to the Orientalists, what concerns us for this specific podcast? What is it in, in what they're targeting? You know, in in their in their plans or their plotting or whatever they may be doing. Okay, so just briefly, when we discuss the origins of Orientalism, what concerns us regarding this podcast and the definition of an Orientalist is they are academics or an academic person who specializes in the languages, the cultures, the history, the religion, and societies of the Orient, the East. So in generally speaking, you have um, Orientalists such as Max Muller. Uh, He was a a, a German, 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 yes, a German um, Orientalist. And he specialized in ancient uh, Indian languages and and, and, uh, religions. You also have uh, Arthur Whaley, British, again European. Um, he specialized in Chinese languages and, and, and literature. Um, you have someone called Edward Said. Edward Said wasn't um, an Orientalist himself. Uh, he was a Palestinian-American who critiqued and analyzed Orientalism in his book. And the book is named Orientalism. Um, I'll bring it, inshallah, in the, in the, in the next podcast. Inshallah. Um, because each podcast I want to... Um, yes, we'll be having some book recommendations, book recommendations regarding yes. our topics, inshallah. Yeah. So inshallah, I'll, I'll bring that in the next podcast. So he, um, in his book, he explains how Orientalist scholarship has been used to justify colonialism and uh, European imperialism. Um, and he mentions that Western representation of the East is often based on stereotypes and distortions, which we all know. Um which are then used to perpetuate uh, a sense of cultural superiority, that my culture is better than your culture, that the European culture is better than any Eastern culture. Mm. Yeah. Now, in, in regards to Sira, the life of the Prophet, <coughs> his biography, which of the Orientalists specialized in, 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 in this field? So with our podcast, inshallah, again, there are so many, um, but uh, with our pos- podcast series, we'll uh, focus on a, on, on a few, on about uh, three the first one is William Montgomery Watt. He died 2006. He, six, he was Scottish. Quite recent. Yes. 
So it, uh, many people think that it goes back. Yeah, <laughs> to, but it's actually recent. So he he passed away in 2006. He had a book, uh, uh, I cannot recollect the name of it, Muhammad, uh, the States person, I believe. I, I cannot recollect, but that's one of the um, uh, the Orient list. We also have William Meir, who died 1905. Um, he had he authored a book called Life of Muhammad, uh, and it's one of the popular books um, uh, that the Orientalists, uh, Orientalists have, have, have written. It gets referenced in their circles and studied today. Um, another Orientalist we'll look at is David Samuel uh, Margolith, 1940. He was of uh, British origin. He wrote a, a book called Muhammad and the Rise of Islam. And this book faced, subhanAllah, many scrutiny um, because of the bias it contained, uh, the misinterpretation and the sources which he relied upon when writing about the biography of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. You also have Alfred uh, Guillaume, British, uh, 1966. He translated, subhanAllah, uh, the seerah of Ibn Ishaq. That's uh, yeah, pretty big. So, so it's a big work. Yeah, yeah, so. it's, it's, it's massive work. But you, you can see their efforts, subhanAllah, in, 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 with the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, And of course, in other fields, Orientalists um, also have specialization in other fields such as um, uh, Quran, the uh, Quranic studies, the seerah is, is, is the, seri- uh, the topic of our, uh, of, our, of our podcast. They also have uh, specialization in uh, tafsir, hadith, uh, so on and so forth. Um, and from this, you can see the efforts, the juhud that they have placed generation after generation came. And subhanAllah, they can contribute um, uh, to the to their studies, academic studies of uh, Islam. Sira ibn Ishaq is, uh, I don't think uh, many of the Muslims are aware of this uh, this, this source book. Uh, this this, uh, this um, Pretty much everything goes back, one of the main sources. One of the main sources, Sira of ibn Ishaq and ibn Hisham. And uh, subhanAllah, he of British origin, translated, attempted uh, to translate. Um, I haven't read his, uh, come across his translation yet, inshallah. Uh, One thing I must say, it doesn't yeah. have a very British name, Alfred yeah. Guillaume. That G- sounds a bit, Guillaume, if I'm pronouncing it right, Guillaume? Yeah, French. Yeah. French, so. Yeah, yeah. so mm. subhanAllah. Um, so you can see the the, the, the origins of of uh, of uh, the Mustashriqeen we have just mentioned. Uh, all of them, in fact, are from European background. Another thing that uh, that one must keep in mind is that many of the Orientalists were Christians and many of them were um, atheists as well. So some of the atheist ones, uh, Maxime Rodinson, 2004, passed away, uh, French. He was of French uh, origin um, and he wrote a book called Muhammad and he also wrote another book called Islam and Capitalism. Um, and he looked at Sira from a very um, secular perspective. So he, he came from a, uh, he didn't profess it, but he was from an atheist, atheist background, atheistic background. Also Patricia Crone, uh, a female orientalist, uh, she'd passed away, I believe, 2015. Um, and she had a very critical approach of, uh, for Islamic uh, narratives hadith and, 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 and transmission and she challenged um, some of the conventional beliefs of Islam such as the origins of Islam we know that the origins of Islam is divine but however she challenged that 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 uh, belief in claiming that it was, it was not divine it was taken from Jewish and Christian sources she also um, specialized in the biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam excellent now Sriach, uh, regarding one of our main topics for tonight, and that's the sources of Sirah. So, <coughs> where do we learn about the life of the Prophet ﷺ? As Muslims, you know, you mentioned before, there's Wahi. And so, you know, does it start with the Quran and Sunnah? What are the sources of the Sirah of the Prophet Muhammad yeah. ﷺ, his life and biography, in other yeah. words? Interestingly enough, you use the word Wahi. That's one of the, the, the misconceptions that they use. Uh, they translate... Uh, an Arabic word, and they take one meaning of it or one shade of the meaning. And uh, one of the Orientalists, as you'll see in the podcast, inshallah, we'll touch up on uh, this misconception, is that uh, he used the word wahi as a suggestion, which is one of the meanings of it. However, but uh, he used it unrestrictedly, um, not uh, taking the other meanings of wahi. So he translated it as suggestion that uh, 
the Quran revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was just uh, something that was suggested to him. Um, so the sources of Sirah, the first source of Sirah, it is the Quran, and we Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa we believe that the Quran is the speech of Allah. We need to mention it as the speech of Allah, not like the other deviant groups of uh, the Jahmiyyah, the Ashaira that claim that the Quran is not the kalam of Allah, or rather it's an internal nafsi kalam, uh, it's a thought. Um, so we must add that it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being the speech of Allah, being an attribute of Allah, it is uncreated. Um, and the Quran, the uncreated speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam through the archangel Jibreel alayhi sallam in short and long passages over the course of 23 years. And subhanAllah, um, so this is the first source of the seerah. Um, and subhanAllah, the Prophet sallallahu committed it to memory. The Sahaba committed the Quran to memory. Some even wrote down, uh, were written down by specific companions, scribes of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu as we all know. And I think we have, um, uh, just to go off topic, I think we have um, some uh, courses that we offer about the compilation of uh, uh, hadith and the compilation of the Quran we offered in the past, I yes, believe, alhamdulillah. Yeah, um, by one of the mashayikhs. So uh, again, whenever we go through um, uh, these topics, we can we can introduce a uh, Sharia yeah. topic itself on on uh, the sources of of, of Sirah, Subhanallah. So, with that being said, the Quran is the main source, and anyone who wants an understanding of the Sirah as a student of knowledge. As you know, must refer back to the Quran because it contains a corpus of uh, the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It has clear references to specific events of his life in public and private, and it alludes to the past events, um, such as the Sassanid, the Persian, um, and the Roman empires, and also Abraha's invasion of 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 Mecca in in the attempt to destroy the Kaaba. And of course, the Quran also contains information about the prevailing beliefs that the pagan Arabs and the superstitions that the pagan Arabs had in, in Mecca at that time. So Quran is the first source of the seerah. The second source of seerah is hadith literature of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And hadith, every part of hadith, just like the Quran, subhanAllah, each part of the Quran is part of his life, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Is, is a reason why it was revealed. And it was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ through the angel Jibreel. So every hadith statement of the Prophet ﷺ that is attributed to him, his actions, uh, his approvals, all of it, just like the Quran, is a picture of the life of the Prophet Muhammad Sheikh, if I can just stop yep. you right there. You mentioned before wahi, and, and we have the ayah, وَمَا يَنْتَكُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٍ يُحَىٰ The Prophet ﷺ does not speak from his own. It is all revelation. So just as the Quran is revelation yeah. from Allah, the Sunnah is as well, the Hadith. Yes, that's the, and many Muslims um, uh, did not, uh, probably not, uh, do not understand this. Yes, the Hadith is just as uh, like the Quran is a, uh, a form of revelation to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So Subhanallah, um, and Hadith, as you know, uh, Sheikh Nidal, that many of the companions had written down. Um, the, the the statements of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the again go back to our ASWJ Sharia uh, College uh, lessons about the Tadween um, Sunnah uh, the 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 compilation of the Sunnah I believe we had uh, yes. a, a few inshallah uh, we'll share some links uh, in the comments or yep. in the description inshallah inshallah for the reference so the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is another source statements were written down by the companions and in the middle of the first century, subhanAllah, we have specific references about the systematic collection of hadith. Of them is Aban ibn Uthman ibn Affan, born somewhere between 15 Hijri um, and, 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 and the 20th. He collected and transmitted a lot of reports regarding the Maghazi. Maghazi um, is the early term that was used for Sirah. And in specific, the um, the campaigns, the battles of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Also, Urwa ibn Zubair, who was born in 26th Hijri, uh, through his aunt, and who was his aunt? 
um, Aisha radiallahu anha. Oh, no. So he had uh, free access in that sense that she was her um, his mahram uh, to Aisha. And many of the reports and narrations about the seerah has come uh, to, uh, has come through him and his son um, Hisham ibn Urwa, and also another person in that time frame uh, that uh, had a lot of reports was Ibn Shihab al-Zuhri. So you have, Subhanallah, we we have with us any the the, the collections of the hadith, the Kutub al-Sitta, of course, um, the six famous collections of hadith, all part of the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Just on a point, there are many people think that you know it was recorded <coughs> in the third century or in the time of Bukhari or Imam yeah. Ahmad, and this is a bit of a misconception. We just showed here that. It actually happened in the first century of Islam. Yes. Subhanallah yeah. al-Azim. And this is something which is amazing, really. Yeah. So all of the sciences of Islam um, and he stem from the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. So the compilation began in his time. The, the, the noting down uh, began in his time. There's an excellent book which I'll bring next uh, week, inshallah, by an uh, Islamic scholar um, which has all the scribes listed. It's in a short, small uh, list of all the scribes in the time of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he, um, he sallallahu uh, alaihi wasallam, as you know, appointed specific companions to write down um, the hadith and 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 the and the, and the Quran. Now um, that brings us to the third source of the seerah, which is the early literature, early seerah and maghazi literature. Now, what is Sirah? Sirah is in biography. The Prophet Muhammad What is Maghazi? Maghazi, in its first stages, when that term was used in its first stage, it was referred to as Sirah. Maghazi was referred to as Sirah. It was latter down um, in, in, in the years to come, in the stages to come. Maghazi uh, then uh, was used for the campaigns of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu the sure. battles. Sure. You reminded me of the, yeah. the statement, probably even better if we mentioned it at the start, regarding the importance of Sirah, that the, the early generations, the Sahaba and their students used to teach their children Maghazi like yeah. they used to teach them a surah from the Quran. Yes, subhanAllah. So they go hand in hand. And it's, un- it's unfortunate that uh, that balance is not there anymore. Um, that uh, we focus on uh, one science uh, than the other with our children. Um, many parents sort of focus on memorization without understanding. Yet uh, the way of the early, the pious predecessors, as you mentioned, was uh, teaching them the Quran, just like they teach the, the surahs. And again, it goes back to our first uh, um, comment that we made regarding why. It's to increase that love that we have for our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa Just like we have the love for the Quran, um, we should have that uh, develop that love for Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that's why they taught maghazi just like they taught any chapter of uh, the Quran to their children. So, Sheikh, the third the third source uh, of of the seerah after discussing Quran and Hadith is the early seerah and maghazi literature. Yep, and then we mentioned that the maghazi in the early stages was used uh, as 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 uh, the definition was used as as, as seerah, but later on it it developed into um, it being the battles of the Prophet Muhammad Now, um, so Aban ibn Affan, um, he was of amongst the uh, Tabi'un and a few other Tabi'un. Uh, who are the Tabi'un? The the students of the companions. That uh, they were Aban was uh, and a few others dealt with the the early Maghazi literature and of the scholars in that time was Wahab ibn Munabbih. He was he was South Arabian, um, of uh, Persian origin, uh, and his interest was uh, more so leaned towards the um, Jewish and the Christian traditions, and he was quoted by a book that we mentioned earlier, the Seerah of Ibn Ishaq. He was mentioned in in that, and of course, um, was famous scholar of uh, of Tafsir at Tabari as well uh, mentioned him and uh, Qutaybi. And Tabri also is a historian as well at, at the same time. At the same time. He had a, yeah. He's got some a huge uh, collection, um, yeah. collection of history books, books as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's famous for the um, the, the tafsir. Now, Sheikh, before we move on, um, I, I think it's important just to define who a Sahabi is because you mentioned the Tabi'i yep. and the conditions uh, to be met to be that since we are <coughs> taking history and, and, and the sources of history. Yeah. 
So I remember when I was mentioning last week uh, about Milo. <laughs> yes. One of the questions came up uh, that Shahalid answered. Uh, I think Tabi and the Tabi, uh, the yeah. definition of a companion, as you, as you know, the, the definition of a companion, anyone that uh, met the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam saw him uh, in his lifetime, believed in him, and died upon that uh, that that belief, and that definition is passed down to a tabi yeah the sahabi as a muslim and and yes. an iman and died upon iman uh, that's correct and then atba tabi'in the students of the students likewise that's Excellent. right yeah and then that will give you this the general definition of and of course there are some exceptions i, I believe the sheikh mentioned that yes. in, in his um in his uh response to a question it was so a companion is anyone that's met the prophet some saw him and believed in him and died upon as a uh, died upon uh, islam um, so, going back to the um, Marazi literature, you'll find that many of the compilations that, that, that happened were absorbed into larger books. So the earlier compilations were absor- absorbed Absorb- later on into the larger Larger books. And some were lost um, for, many, for many reasons. And one of the survived uh, works was the works of uh, Al-Waqidi, um, his work on Kitab al-Marazi. Um, and also one of the earlier works um, that we referred to as well in our research um, is Ibn Sa'd's work. He uh, passed away 2230 Hijri. His work uh, is more uh, <coughs> valuable. And um, and he, his work was known as Tabaqat al-Qubara. It's an encyclopedia, basically. And the first two volumes of this encyclopedia is about the life of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa and then the companions. So he lists um, uh, the, the companions after the biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa We then have Ibn Ishaq, his book that we mentioned before. Yes. And uh, we also have uh, Ibn Hisham's book um, in, in this time frame, uh, the Maghazi uh, literature. Uh, Ibn Abi, uh, Abi Dunya's book, uh, Kitab al-Maghazi, and At-Tabari, which we mentioned, Jarir At-Tabari, um, he also has uh, a book called uh, Tarikh al-Rusul wal-Muluk and much of it was based upon uh, Ibn Ishaq's work. And of course, as I mentioned before, that the sources of Sira is actually a, a lesson in itself and perhaps a, you know, a, a Sharia series uh, based uh, on the history of uh, the compilation. Yes, the sure is. And, and, and at the moment, I haven't come across many uh, many books in English which actually cover that, the Sira specifically. There are some. Yeah. I think they translated the lecture for Sheikh uh, Al Sheikh, the yeah. current mufti of Saudi Arabia, yeah. uh, into one small <coughs> book. It's only a lecture. Yeah. And, and and you have some books mentioning it, like just, you know, in, in, in passing fashion. But uh, I think th- that needs more. You know, the Sunnah, Allahumma Barik, now there's a lot of good works about how the Sunnah was preserved, and that's part of the, the Sira as well. Now, Sheikh. Moving on, uh, we discussed the sources of the seerah. Now, how do the Orientalists view the sources of the seerah? How do they, what do they say about it? What's their view of the sources? Yeah. Which, which us, us as Muslims, alhamdulillah, we believe uh, 100% and we use as reference and, and we incorporate into our knowledge. How do they view it? How do these Orientalists or Western writers, academics view the sources of the seerah? Yes, subhanAllah. So each source... The Orientalists have a separate type of approach uh, to these sources. And it's known that some of the Orientalists, subhanAllah, have been instrumental in discovering and publishing a number of classical Arabic uh, works and manuscripts. So we must keep that in mind. Uh, they, the Orientalists, if you look at the Qur'an as being the first source of Sirah, they, they propose their approach to the Qur'an is the theory of authorship or the authorship theory of the Qur'an. What is the authorship theory of the Qur'an? It is driven by the question that, by the question who authored the Qur'an or compiled the Qur'anic text. So from this question, they advance a number of speculations. Okay, So the authorship theory, you must keep that in mind um, because that is a theory that they propose. Um, who authored the Qur'an. And what are some of the speculation that they have come up with um, to drive this this theory? And subhanAllah, they attempt to attribute the authorship of the Qur'an to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu or someone else that taught him. Some even say that the Prophet Sallallahu had a private tutor, 
had a private tutor that taught him the uh, uh, monotheism from other religions. So they put forward a number of propositions uh, based on uh, the question about authorship. Firstly, they say that the Qur'an, its themes are based on the facts that were derived from uh, Judaism and Christianity. So this is a, uh, a proposition that they present. Another proposition that they, uh, or speculation that they uh, present, sorry, is that the Quran represents the Prophet sallallahu ideas of a reform that was needed in that time frame. As you know, the the Jahiliya period had um, a lot of uh, negative practices, along with some positive practices. So the Prophet ﷺ viewed that there was um, a, reforma- a, ref- a reformation needed in this time frame, a change, a revolution. So the Orientalists put forward this speculation that the Qur'an represents, it's just based on the Prophet ﷺ's internal ideas of a, ref- a reformation or reform that was needed, a revolution, sorry, that was needed at that time because of the environment and the circumstances of the Arabian uh, Peninsula. So that's the second speculation. The third speculation is that the Prophet ﷺ derived the literary style of the Qur'an from ancient poetry. And uh, in fact, the Qur'an also uh, mentions uh, these these doubts that the mushtashriqeen have uh, casted upon uh, the Qur'an and, and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa that do they say that the Qur'an is from a sha'ir? Um, so subhanAllah, they've, they've taken this and they've advanced um, research. The Qur'an refutes all this. The Qur'an, yes. the, the Qur'an <laughs> refutes all of these. And uh, these are, subhanAllah, if you look at it, the, the, the misconceptions that they have proposed, any, nothing has been left out by the Qur'an, subhanAllah. All of them, all of these misconceptions which, which they have advanced and evolved have its origin have mentioned in the Quran by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the, the beauty of, 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 our, uh, of, of the Quran. But it's upon a Muslim, subhanAllah, why do we need to you know, study this? Look at the mustashriqeen, look at these, these non-Muslim scholars, uh, I mean, academics, um, that have spent a lifetime, subhanAllah, contributing to the seat of the Prophet sallallahu in a negative way. Anyway, what about us? Have we even read one book? about the seed of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Do we know our Rasul like they knew? But guidance was not given to them. But they know of his biography more than, you know, subhanAllah, the, 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 the average uh, Muslim perhaps. Um, but subhanAllah, Allah did not write guidance for them. So and this should be a source of encouragement for us to go back and ask and reflect, um, you know, how much of the seed do I actually know? This is one of the aims of this podcast. That's correct. Yeah. It's one of the aims we have is to encourage the brothers and sisters to learn about the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we're going to give regular recommendations, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Yes. Sources uh, <coughs> where you should read, things you should watch, and, and so on and so forth. So, subhanAllah, uh, mentioning the, 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 the theory of authorship the, of the Qur'an, and and their speculations, we reached up to the speculation that the Quran is the uh, the nature of the Quran is derived from uh, Arabic, ancient Arabic poets. Um, this is a third speculation that they have proposed. Um, and also, this is an interesting one. They say that uh, the uh, another speculation that they propose. They mention that the language of the Quran is not purely Arabic. It contains vocabulary and words which are of non-Arabic uh, origin. And this is the uh, this is mentioned in Arthur Jeffrey's book, Foreign Vocabulary in the Quran. Now, Arthur Jeffrey was an Australian, um, 1959, and he was an Orientalist specializing in Islamic studies, Arabic language and literature, and he was a teacher in um, in Arabic in the University of Melbourne, subhanAllah. And this book is one of the prominent, his prominent books, uh, researching the non-Arabic uh, words that are found in the Quran, 1959, subhanAllah. And he spent a lifetime in studying the Quran and, and then the vocabulary of the, of the Quran. Look at the juhud, yeah. subhanAllah. And subhanAllah, uh, since the 19th uh, century, Another trend has emerged, and this is also another interesting trend. 
amongst the Orientalists that they attempt to arrange the Quran in chronological order. Um, why? Why do they do this? It, they say if if we can achieve this, then we will see the gradual development of Muhammad Sallallahu thought and ideas and attitude. And this was uh, this trend was expressed by the German Orientalist Theodore Theodore uh, Nordicki. And he, uh, based on this trend, uh, you have the Christian Orientalist, uh, John Rodwell, who carried out his translation of the Qur'an. And uh, John Rodwell, uh, the translation of, his, uh, of the Qur'an that he attempted uh, in 1861, he's one of the uh, Orientalists who dampened, who lowered his aggressive tone against Islam. Um, and he differs with uh, some of the other Orientalists, such as Sale and Ross. Um, and he abandons uh, the previous sequence that other Orientalists have used in organizing the structure of the Quran. Okay, so we know, okay, Surah Al-Fatiha, then uh, Bakhara, and then, you know, uh, the order of the Quran was dictated to him, uh, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, by Jibreel, and he sorted it out himself in his, in, in his time. Um, the, the the order of the Quran and and and, and the chapters. However, um, you find the Orientalists they uh, they propose uh, a theory and then they go back and they rearrange the order of the Quran in attempt to um, uh, uh, prove that theory. Um, so some of them even mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was a genuine man, but he had some sort of um, mental issues. Uh, and, and and then from that they um, then attempt to rearrange the the, the Quran and the, and of course the Quran also mentions that they believe that uh, you you know are a madman majnoon and subhanallah every allegation that the Orientalists bring against Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam is mentioned in the Quran which the pagans yeah. especially in the Meccan stage of the Dawah mm. as we're going to discuss later on yeah. brought up and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <laughs> sent down ayat yeah. refuting them yeah. so subhanallah it's like it's for all times in reality and that's what it is the Quran yeah. is a book for all times yeah. and a book of guidance <laughs> in reality yeah. you know, if you read it in that in that light uh, and seek guidance it will guide you but if you read it in a way where these guys are reading it to try to refute and rebuke Allah's words. Yeah. And this yeah. is the problem. Yeah. And subhanAllah, if you look at it, um, uh, this book, uh, the, the, uh, his approach, Rodwell's approach in uh, categorizing uh, the, the Quran uh, in, in its chronological order, his approach was to keep it linear and, uh, and give it a historical order. So you see... Um, how Muhammad Sallallahu thought process was, and this uh, book has gone up to fifty uh, revisions and editions. Um, so, Subhanallah, fifty times it has been someone's been contributed it because of uh, perhaps an error. Um, so, fifty editions. Um, subhanallah, that's something, uh, some food for thought. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, and then uh, with this trend uh, in arranging the Quran in chronological order. Um, you have the Scottish Orientalist William Montgomery Watt, who is the one of the Orientalists we'll look at. Um, he may, he makes his own selection of what he believes uh, were the earliest passages that were revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he 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 says that look, the early he he tries to arrange it in a way where he advances the the idea. That Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, his idea of tawheed, monotheism, was very vague and imperfect in the beginning, and then as time proceeded through the uh, of the revelation of the Quran, it became that understanding became more advanced. So this is his uh, theory and trend, and and his he specialized himself. Uh, the Orient is specialized. Uh, this one he specialized himself in in the seerah. And he had a very uh, meticulous and nuanced, detailed approach um, in examining the seerah. And um, he also has a book, uh, two books, uh, Muhammad at Mecca and Muhammad in Medina. And in it, he studies or uh, touches on the social, the political, and the religious context of uh, Islam in the time of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sheikh, specific to the Quran, our ulama did discuss in the books of Tafsir, especially, <coughs> you know, the Mecki Suwar and Ayat and the Madani 
gave a general definition or that this you know yeah. is open to more discussion and, and, and yeah. amongst all that yeah. uh, in the first any surah or ayah revealed in the first 13 years in, of the Prophet's mission is a Mekki surah or ayah or ayat yeah. and the surah revealed in the last 10 years or ayat are Madani surah so we have that in Islam yeah. um, and this is mentioned by the ulama especially <coughs> in the books of Tafsir don't we yeah, yeah. So when you study the books of Tafsir, they'll mention to you, you know, sometimes the 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 the, the place where, where it was revealed, and we have books of revelation as well, the the, the causes, the reasons yeah. of revelation. Some, some, yes. Yeah, and some have been translated in the English language. So, you know, we don't. You know, a Muslim does not need to spend more time um, in, in in refuting such claims of the Orientalists. But you see their trickery. You see their 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 insincerity. Um, so they. Draw up a conclusion, an outcome of Muhammad Sassam, then they work backwards. So, in in working backwards, they have to rearrange the order of the Quran. Interesting. Yeah. So, subhanAllah. um, Yeah. So, So and and, and we we as Muslims, we need to, uh, you know, uh, expose ourselves to such such knowledge. Uh, One may be asking, okay, look, man, this this is going to cause doubts. Uh, in the hearts, but no, it's it's not. It's uh, when you do study it and look deeper into it, and you analyze it critically, you'll you'll see the mistakes and the insincerity. Sheikh, now uh, before we move on, there are specific books that actually deal with the Orientalist and the Quran. And yeah, how they put doubts regarding the Quran, and that's yeah. been done quite a bit, and it's well well researched, even in the English language, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll provide some links, inshallah. Yeah. So uh, there's a book as well I have uh, at home, inshallah, I'll bring uh, uh, it in, in in the future podcast, the Quran and the Orient List, and in it, um, it's, it's, it's a large work, and there he uh, the, the author deals with the the misconceptions that were casted upon uh, the Quran by the Orient List. Excellent. Yeah. Now, Sheikh, in regards to uh, the Orientalists and how they use the Quran in in uh, in uh, how can we say in in terms of our Sira discussion, what do they do? What do they say? What do they, what do they discuss regarding this? You know the term out of context. Hundred percent. That's that, what I, that was the word I should have used. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, uh, that that is, and it's like you see this with uh, even the misguided groups. How many verses they take out of context to prove their justify their innovations, their false claims in Aqidah. and it's the same pattern, Sheikh Nadal, in with the Orient List. So what, their approach or their attitudes uh, to the Quran is using Quranic verses in isolation, without uh, yeah, without collating uh, and and supplementing it with what is found in the authentic Hadith and Sirah literature. So out of context. So if someone was to say, "Oh, look, celebrating the birthday of the Prophet Muhammad is allowed," you'll probably use, you know, a, a verse or a hadith that is used out of context. Born on a Monday, born on a Monday. Um, you know, the birth of it. Yeah, I think one I was reading somewhere, it was trying to justify the birthday, uh, celebrating birthdays uh, is allowed. Where um, uh, in the Quran it mentions that Isa uh, praised the day he was born, and the day he was resurrected, yeah. and the day he will pass away. So these verses were taken out of context by the people of innovation. Same thing with the same trend with the Orient List. Um, so they take verses, they examine verses in isolation without supplementing it with hadith or sirah literature, the literature that we just mentioned before and others. Um, and uh, as a result, taking things out of context, they have come with a lot of erroneous outcomes because of the isolation approach and we'll look at uh, these uh, areas inshallah specifically in, in further pos- uh, future podcasts inshallah. of them is um, that of, of, of the outcomes of this approach uh, out of context approach is they say is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam's name does not occur in the Meccan surahs it, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam only adopted this name Muhammad in the uh, Madani period. And uh, so this is one of the outcomes of taking uh, things out of context. They examined the uh, Makkan surahs and they said, oh, look, his name is not mentioned in the, in the Makkan surahs. As a result, he was not known uh, by Muhammad in Mecca. Only in Medina he adopted that name. And uh, also uh, the persecution of the Muslims. We know through Hadith literature the persecution of the Muslims, of um 
of uh, Bilal uh, عن, being dragged in the streets of Mecca. Yes, Maya عنها, and uh, her, her family. family. Yeah. So we know this through the Hadith literature. Um, however, they, when they examine verses of the Quran, they say, look, the persecution of the Muslims wasn't, was not severe at all in Mecca and there were no attempts to kill the Prophet This still happens today, they undermine what happens to Muslims, but everything else is magnified. That's correct. Yeah, that's the same approach. <laughs> you know, one just needs to have a, a bit of insight and that's the same approach. Um, so that's the first approach, taking uh, verses and, and, and isolating them without supplementing them with Hadith literature. Also, another way that they things out, uh, take things out of context is uh, taking passages of the Qur'an out of context and putting a completely wrong interpretation uh, to these uh, passages. And you will see in the future, inshallah, that they claim in Surah An-Najm that the Prophet wasallam saw Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Saw Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is one of the claims that they have due to taking passages of the Qur'an and placing a... Uh, a meaning that's uh, a wrong interpretation than, than what is intended by the verse. Um, and again, um, I, <laughs> this is also the methodology of the deviant groups as well. Another um, approach or attitude uh, uh, that they have with regards to the Quran and taking things out of context is they um, just touch on or taking just a part of, a, of an ayah uh, to the exclusion of his, uh, other parts, some parts of the Quran is or some verses of the Quran, as you know, is long. So what they do is they take parts of the ayah, uh, excluding the other parts of the ayah, and putting a meaning opposite to that what is intended, um, uh, such as Surah Nahl. Um, uh, in it, they place a theory that, um, that the Prophet ﷺ had a tutor. A monotheist, uh, monotheist uh, informant um, <laughs> that taught uh, the Prophet sallallahu uh, about Tawheed, uh, basically. Um, again, taken out of context, and they misinterpret a verse intentionally to put forward this uh, this this uh, theory, and also um, uh, wrong interpretation of a verse to su- support their assumption. Uh, so their assumption, one of the assumptions that they made, the Prophet had a strong desire to compromise his beliefs with the Meccans. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had to intervene to stop and to restrain Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the verse that they use to claim this is Surah Isra, verse number 74. Um, so again, an assumption is made and then they look for verses to um, justify this claim. Uh, and finally, uh, reliance upon uh, an insistence upon using one shade of meaning of an expression that is used or term that is used in the Quran with the exclusion of what uh, the other meanings um, and, and uh, of the Quran. And an example of that, which I mentioned earlier, was the term wahi. Um, they interpret wahi as to mean suggestion only and not a verbal communication from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Jazakallah khair, dear Sheikh. Now, we said inshallah <coughs> at, at the end of each uh, podcast, we'll open, uh, we'll give the opportunity for discussion and, and book recommendations and and uh, and so on and so forth. Sheikh, um, we already have one listener who recommends um, The Sealed Nectar is a good book of Sira. What do you think? Yeah, Sealed Nectar, there's a story behind it. Um, it was a, a competition by Wami, as you all know, and I think the, there was a huge prize money that was being offered at that time, $100,000. I think 1979 went about writing that book. Um, but the English translation of it is, um, it needs a better English translation. They haven't revised it? I, I, My first access to it was years ago. I haven't yeah. read it in, in a, quite a while. Yeah. Um, but I've seen they've got a newer edition. Yeah, I haven't looked at the new edition, um, but uh, from the, the edition that I um, saw, and I think I was uh, teaching from it uh, at one stage, um, the English uh, 
it needed to be revised. Perhaps the revised edition is better. Um, but yes, yeah, subhanAllah, so it is a good book. Um, but just the, I think there are levels um, yes. of a student of knowledge. Um, as you know, that uh, um, with the Rahiq al the Seal Nectar, you find that the introduction is quite complicated, especially when it goes into the tribes of, of the Arabs. Yes. Um, and it can be an information overload. Um, uh, other parts of the book, yes, it, it is good. Um, uh, but however, I would I would say begin if you're a beginner, begin with um, with the moon split. I suggest with Irolda, yes, uh, uh, with the moon split by it, the same author. Yeah, by the same author, easier read, and we've taught that in our uh, Sharia classes yeah, that's the as book well. We've pretty yeah. much been I using think it yourself, you, yeah, yeah, it's because it's like you said, it's a lot easier. Yeah, it takes out a lot of the extra information that that the beginner student of knowledge does yeah. not really require. It's yeah. an easier read. It's a lighter read. Easy yeah. on the eyes, we could say. Yeah, yeah. So, subhanAllah. So, when the moon split, I'll begin perhaps with that in the English language. Um, but there are other books as well in English um, which have been translated. Um, I think you wanted, to, you wanted to mention an excellent book regarding uh, Sirah. Yes, by yes. By Ibn al-Qayyim, By Ibn al-Qayyim, as you know. Zahd al-Ma'ad. Yeah, just sh- show it. There we go. Perfect. I so, think our tech man is probably going to bring it up. If he's awake. Closer. You're awake. He's all right. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to put it up on the screen for our for our um for our viewers as well. Yeah. Now um um we do have a book review podcast re- returning this Monday night. Oh, subhanallah. Uh, yes, yes. Around eight o'clock uh, with Sheikh Rafia, uh, with his son Sheikh Farhan bin yeah. Rafia from Dar es Salaam Bookstore, and also one of the teachers here at Masjid Al Azhar Belmo, and one of our regular contributors on the BN Radio. There it is. There Zad Al Maad uh, for Ibn Al Qayyim. Uh, it's it's been translated into four volumes. I don't think it's complete yet, but the Sira section is. Is that right, Sheikh? Yes, so subhanAllah, it's an excellent read by Sheikh Jalal. Um, and he also... The translator, yes. The translator. And he has a few good books, actually. Um, you mentioned um, the one in English prior to the podcast. The one about uh, Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab. Yes, his yes. Biography. yes. That is an excellent book excellent, as well. Yes. Um, to have. So the book on Sira uh, by, uh, by Sheikh Jalal. Um, it's a unique book that uh, explains uh, the seerah uh, and explains it through the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and it's a classical work uh, containing thousands of pages written by Ibn Al Qayyim uh, while on a Hajj. <laughs> That's what's interesting. I was going to bring it up. Zad Al Maad. If we want to translate yeah. literally, it'll be provisions for the hereafter. Yeah, what yeah. you take with you on a yeah. trip. You know, uh, yeah. you, you, your your lunchbox or whatever you like. Yeah. And this is the best book on the topic, you know, deriving fuck from the seerah and rulings. <laughs> and he done it traveling without his library. Yes, yeah, subhanAllah, from Damascus With, to uh, Mecca. That's amazing. And he, in it, he brings thousands of uh, incidents from his mind, his, his intellect, what he retained, and uh, incidents uh, that he committed to memory, subhanAllah, and had a lot of fiqh. Sheikh, can you just show the book on uh, on that camera there? Uh, yes. For our other audience there on TikTok and and other than that, there it is. There that that's 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 provisions for the hereafter. Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah. It is available currently in four volumes. We hope the Sheikh, the uh, the translator, can complete it. Uh, taala, because it is a great read. I remember many many years ago we discussed uh, one. I think it was volume three in Arabic. Yeah. Uh, the Maghazi, the Sira of the Prophet and it is, uh, as you said. And what is amazing, he, he's in trouble. Like imagine us today, yeah. no Google. Yeah. You know you can't. Google anything. You just have to yeah. use your mind. Most of us would be completely lost on what we're discussing in reality if it's yeah. A, yeah. You know, an educational topic or, or the like. Yeah, it's final priorities, um, and that, that, that's uh, you know that's uh, after the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa taala is the is the love he had for Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Sheikh, we got some other sirah related topics, uh, sirah related questions. Any opinion on Martin Ling's sirah for a beginner? Yeah, look, Martin uh, Ling's uh, Sirah, it is a beautiful book in, in terms of its uh, reading style. However, there's a lot of Aqidah errors there. I would stay away from it unless if you are a, an advanced student of knowledge um, wanting to uh, read and research uh, on, 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 on the Sirah that he wrote. Um, so he didn't pay attention to um, you know the, the tahqiq and the narrations uh, that he has brought forth in that book. So I would, I would uh, not... Uh, Use it if I'm a beginner, not read it. Um, only in uh, after I've studied Sira with uh, with the Sheikh and read other books, authentic books, um, then I'll um, study it. Excellent, Sheikh. Uh, Sheikh, any other recommendations for books for this for this podcast? 
I want to keep it a secret, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to give away too too many. But another recommendation for books would be um there are some Orientalists that have written, uh not sorry not Orientalists um some non-Muslim authors that have written on in the defense of Islam. Inshallah, I'll bring that uh, later on Excellent. in the podcast. Uh, books of Sirah. Um, you have uh, Sheikh Albani's uh, book on the Sirah. Sirah for the Meccan stage. Meccan he passed away, I believe, before completing it. But that's an excellent um, uh, book for um, uh, for students of knowledge. That's been translated in English. I've seen it in Dar es Salaam. Excellent. Um, yes, it has been. That's right. Yeah. Um, um, and and Sheikh, um, there are other books that are in the process of being translated. And, and initially, it was very hard to find, uh, you know, many Sira books. I remember, like twenty years ago, there was basically the sealed nectar. Yeah. And there was other very old translations, very hard to get books. Now, Alhamdulillah, you have. You know, every year a few books come out translating the traditional books and so on and so forth. So this is a blessing yeah, uh, yeah. for us. Yes, yeah, subhanAllah, I remember when we were back 20 years ago um, or even, you know, a bit, bit, bit uh, 2000s, we were looking for uh, books in English uh, when we started our uh, journey in knowledge and it was hard to come across um, authentic books uh, that were translated, classical books. But now, alhamdulillah, uh, with the father of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his blessings, many books, many of these classical books have been translated or parts of it have been translated um, in the English language. So there's no no um, excuse for uh, ignorance that is left uh, there for the uh, Muslim ummah. Excellent. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Sheikh, can you give us a preview of what's coming up in the next podcast, inshallah? In the next po- podcast, inshallah, we'll continue on uh, with the Orientless approach in So today we looked at their approach with regards to the first source of the seerah. Inshallah, I intend, uh, hopefully, is it a month's time? Uh, Three weeks, four weeks' time? We'll look at um, their contentions and and, and, and their doubts that are casted upon the second source of seerah, which is hadith literature. Excellent. The Sheikh did mention there, minimum once a month, bi'idhnillah ta'ala. If we have any any, uh, time for extra sessions, extra podcasts, Inshallah, we will do it. So stay tuned. Bi'idhnillah ta'ala. We got a shout out from our dear Sheikh Farhan, who is, you know, has a regular program <laughs> on book reviews. I think he said to us, I think on Monday, we will drop one of the best books on Sira available, in my opinion, in English. It's just come out. He doesn't want me to say what it is. I know what it is. I'm not allowed to say what it is. Monday night, tune into Al Bayan Radio. Monday night. The book, inshallah, the Sheikh is going to speak about it. He's very excited, as I am. And we'll tell you the story behind it and how we had some interaction regarding this book and how I was going to ask him about it because I was going to use it for some of my classes. <coughs> and subhanAllah, it's just available. Mashallah. And it's in Australia. And the Sheikh is going to speak about it on Monday. How's that for a promotion, Sheikh, for the Monday night podcast on the book review gonna, podcast. Sheikh, any final comments before we wrap up? I thought the Sheikh was going to uh, drop Milo's name. <laughs> Milo, no. Now, let's speak about Milo because you you, you know you posted what me and Sheikh Khalid said the other day. For those who don't know, the Sheikh on, on the other day, I think it was Thursday, Thursday evening, me and Sheikh Khalid were, were speaking, we're wrapping up the program as we or as we are now. And generally what we do, we we you know, we look at our socials and we answer, you know, some you know, we mention some feedback, some comments, and even some questions maybe. And the Sheikh uh, Sheikh Arshad asked, How's Milo? And now I uh, you know, I hit up Sheikh Khalid, I go, Sheikh Arshad's asking, How's Milo? And we both looked at each other, Milo. Sheikh Khalid said, uh, you know, uh, I like Milo, but I don't think Sheikh Arshad knows that. And we, we didn't know. Then you posted, Alhamdulillah, you saved us, <laughs> Milo the cat. In Ramadan, uh, you were recording, the Sheikh was live, and we met up afterwards. And one of the neighbors here of the masjid, they've got a cat, and they called it Milo. Yeah. And we took a photo with the cat, Milo. So that's the story behind it. Yeah. And we had a good laugh. And uh, any comments on that? No, yeah, I was just uh, happy to see I had free access into the studio. Maybe we can <laughs> place him in our uh, podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll <laughs> give him a mic next time. We we'll give Milo the cat uh, a, a mic, and and you know we'll see what he has to say or she has to say. Uh, I don't even know if it's a boy's Milo, boy's no, name no, or a girl's name. I th- I think uh, no, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Allah khair. Allah and Sheikh Farhan is actually Team Milo, no milk. I don't know what he does. Yeah, how he team Milo, no, no. So what, like, how do you, Milo? With what do you do? You put water. What do you do? I think like, I think he places water in what there. What do you do? Just have it with a spoon. What do you What do you do? Yeah. Can you give us some, you know, some some advice there, Sheikh Farhan? What do you do? Just the powder. Powder, just the powder. only. He drinks. Yeah, he just takes in the powder. 
That's a lot of sugar, subhanAllah. That's a lot of sugar. Sheikh, barakallah fiqh. I'd like to thank Sheikh Asha for being <laughs> with us. I'd like to take the, thank the tech team and all the brothers and sisters who tuned in. Please uh, subscribe to Albayan Radio Australia and, uh, and our podcast channels. And inshallah, we'll, this is the first of many podcasts on this topic, misconceptions around the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Barakallah fiqh, dear brothers and sisters. Until next time, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa This program was presented by Albayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.